Hello, welcome back to Back Pocket Coach. I'm your host, Vicki Abelson, life coach, leadership consultant, podcast host, mom, wearer of all of the hats. I, it's so funny because, you know, I, Facebook has been around obviously for a very, very long time since I've been a little bit since after I graduated from college. But even still, it plays such a big part of my life as a mom of two young children. One of, sort of the mainstays of my life is Facebook mom groups. And if you're a mom, I am positive that you are a member of at least one or two local, maybe national Facebook mom groups. And like, sometimes they're funny, right? Sometimes they're entertaining. Sometimes they are super, super helpful in terms of like giving you advice about sleeping or food or toys or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. But one thing that I have noticed over the last couple of weeks, and I actually have had three conversations with women in, in some of these Facebook groups over the last week or so that have given me like a real pause and honestly have sort of reinvigorated me in the work that I do. And the theme of these conversations has been that I am sad in the work that I do. I don't love the work that I do. I am not joyful in the work that I do. And I have to stay in this work because good salary, good benefits, you know, maybe my husband's work isn't as, you know, great or whatever it is, or that I chose this work 10, 15, 20 years ago, and I can't change it now because like all of those past years would have gone to waste. And, and I totally understand that. I absolutely hear that. And also I know both from personal experience and from working with my clients over the last four and a half years that it absolutely does not have to be that way. So let me tell you like a little bit a little bit about me, but I have worked in healthcare really since high school. In one way or another, I have worked worked in healthcare, always never clinical, always on the backside of healthcare. I started carrying you know, paper charts, <laughs> how old I am, carrying paper charts to physicians for pre-op and post-op appointments. And then eventually when I left to start the defi- to pursue defined leader full-time. I was a director of finance in at a local um, physician group here in Atlanta, a local hospital here in Atlanta. And so many, many years, I have an MBA, like specifically focused on healthcare, many, many years of working in, working in this one industry. And I definitely understand this feeling of, well, you know, I have a specific education and I've been doing this for so long. Like if I go do something else now, what does that say about me? And also, like, were all of those years a big, big waste? And and it's interesting because I hear versions of this conversation sort of over and over again, because either you don't want to pursue something that brings you joy because you don't want your past to be a waste, or because you think it's the way that it has to be, that in order to have X title or in order to have X salary, you have to sacrifice on the joy of your life. About four years ago, when I was still working full-time and I had a a part-time, was doing Define Leaders on the side, it was still a little bit of a a side hustle at the time. And I wasn't sure yet if I was going to leave my job or if I was going to, you know, what I was going to do with a Define Leader yet. My boss 
who I have a great relationship with, he came into my office and he said, Hey, Vicki, I just want you to know that there's this big project that's coming on board and we didn't select you for it. We selected Susie for it. And, and I was like, Oh, okay. I don't know why you're telling me this. And he said, we selected Susie and not you because you have two small children at home. And at the time, my son was about two and my daughter was about four. And he was like, we, I didn't think that you were going to want to pursue this project. You were going to want to do this project because you have kids and you know you have other priorities. Now, at that point, I've been working in this organization for about 11 or 10-ish years. And I have worked for him for a good amount of that time or have either have worked for him or with him for a big portion of it. So he knows me well and he knows um, he knows my priorities and knows what I'm good at, etc. When he said this to me, I was stunned. Like I'm not a person that like is usually a loss for words, but I was at a loss for words. I had no idea what to say because it was just it was just so surprising to be told that, hey, like, we're not going to give you this, this opportunity because you're a mother. And he left. I took a few moments. I like came down. I realized what happened. And fortunately, I had the type of conversation with him and I had the confidence in myself to be able to go afterwards and have the conversation with him and explain to him, you know, why that wasn't okay, like why that wasn't a good way of handling that conversation. But it also sort of opened up this opportunity for me to think about what do I want? The truth is, I did not want that project that I was passed over for. And truthfully, Susie was the right person for that job, not me. Not because I wasn't a mom, but because she cared more about that specific piece of work than I cared about that piece of work. I think we both would have done a fantastic job. I didn't care as much about it. And truthfully, like that, it just wasn't what I was passionate about. And so I realized it was like, it was a good choice. I, if it had been, if the option had been given to me to apply for that opportunity, the truth is I probably would not have. And then, so having that realization made me realize, huh, like where else in my life or in my work am I choosing sort of these things that don't give me joy, that don't give me, um, that don't give me like a sense of like waking up on a Monday morning and being excited to roll into the office. And, you know, at the time this was pre-pandemic, so this was before we were, um, we were working remotely. I like what was giving me that like oof to like get in my car every morning and you know make the make the long drive into the office and that was sort of the beginning of I don't want to say the beginning of the end but the beginning of the road that allowed me to say goodbye to my full-time corporate job and start the define leader really start the define leader full-time instead of kind of dabbling in it like I had been doing prior, prior to it. And here's one of the things that allowed me, allowed me to do that. One is I really, you know, and you might've heard me talk about the success formula before, which is success is a function of your, of your motivation, your mindset, your skills, and your environment. I really focused on my motivation first. What was my motivation for being there? 
What was my motivation for maybe not being there? What did I like doing? What did I not like doing? And really understanding where was the intersection of what gave me joy and what didn't give me joy both at work and at home so that I can make more intentional decisions about my career and about sort of the next progression of my career as as I kept moving forward. And I use this methodology to eventually help me make this realization and actually through working with a coach too, but I made this realization that, oh, I want to do something else. And over the years, I have honed this methodology and I have honed this practice that I first sort of developed while working on it on myself with my over 200 clients. And now this is the methodology that I teach to, to my clients to help them figure out what gives them joy, what gives them like not the Sunday scaries, right? Whatever the opposite of Sunday scaries is, what makes them wake up on a Monday morning feeling really, really excited to go into work and not feeling that sense of blah, not feeling that sense of dread, not feeling that sense of like, oh, I can't believe I have to do this. Or, you know, or kind of what I was hearing in these Facebook groups, which is I have to keep doing this because of the salary, because of the title, because of the benefits, whatever it is. Now, what's interesting is when I look back on all of my clients, about 97, I'll actually say 95 to 97% of my clients don't ever leave their jobs. Or I will say they won't, they don't leave their jobs right then and there. They, they stay because they figure out they are these like tiny little things that you can do to shift in your day to day, whether it is the way that you're managing your time, whether it is the work that you're doing, whether it is the conversations that you're having, there are these tiny little things that you can shift so that you can feel more joyful in your work. It doesn't mean having to get a completely different role. It could just mean these like small, 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 small things, whether it is learning how to advocate for yourself better, whether it is learning how to create better boundaries, whether it is learning that like actually this work is done better by somebody else. My guess is, right, if you look at your to-do list, if you look at your calendar, there's probably about 25% of things on your to-do list and on your calendar that you should not be doing that either should be done by somebody else and you know who that person is and is there are not doing it for whatever reason or perhaps that person doesn't exist yet and so you do it because there's nobody else to do it figuring out kind of how do you and i don't want to say like reduce your workload because that's not exactly right but like how do you focus your workload so that you are doing the things that give you energy that where you are working at your highest level in healthcare, we say your highest level of licensure, that you're working at your highest level. And so those around you are also doing the things that they are doing. Oftentimes figuring that out is one of the things that is going to be most helpful in increasing your motivation because now you're coming into work on a Monday morning and you're saying, hey, I get to do the work that I love to do. I get to do the work that I'm curious about, that I'm interested in, that is a value add for the organization and not the work that like just drains me. Now, I'm not saying, I wish I was, I'm not saying that you never are going to do the work that you don't want to do, right? You're never going to do the work that is boring or, you know, whatever it is, like hard or challenging or that other people truly should be doing. As an entrepreneur, I, 
I can tell you, I do a lot of things that I don't want to do in the service of doing the work that I do want to do. And so, yes, there's always going to be that element, but I can guarantee that like, you can probably reduce that percentage from 25 to like 18 or 10. And like, and that improves your motivation in such a, such a bigger, bigger way. And so you don't have to, you don't have to leave in order to find joy. But you also don't have to assume that things have to stay exactly the way that they are. And these moms in these Facebook groups are assuming that they have to keep doing things exactly the same way. And I can talk about this for hours, but like the truth is it's actually easier to keep doing the same thing the way that you always have because like you're comfortable with it, right? Like it's, and and for some of us, it's actually a habit to do these things over and over and over again to say yes to like keep leading meetings or to keep answering emails or to check in after five o'clock, whatever it is. Like for some of us, that's a habit. And that's a habit you can break, I promise. <laughs> There's a way that you can break that habit. But there are ways, there are small things that you can do that will increase your joy at work, that will not make you feel blocked, that will not make you feel bored, that will help you love your love your job again. I'm actually, over the next couple of weeks, I'm hosting a fulfillment redefined workshop where I will teach you exactly the steps that I took back when I was learning, like figuring it out and leaving my corporate job. And the process that I take my clients through now to help them increase their joy whether it is by leaving or nine times out of 10, if it's by staying and what to do, if whatever it is you choose, what to do in order to make sure that you are feeling more fulfilled, happier, and more engaged, and still getting a good paycheck, not feeling burnt out, not feeling imposter syndrome, sort of all of all of those things that can come along with that. You can learn more about it. There is going to be a link to the, to the workshop in the show notes. You can, of course, always email me or DM me. I'm happy to share more information with you as well. I hope you are enjoying so far the, the beginning of February whenever or whenever you're hearing this. And I look forward to connecting with you on social media, in my email, please let me know how you like this, how you like this episode. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with your friends, share it with your colleagues. My mission is to help you find the right seat on the right bus headed in the right direction. And that's a team job, right? We can't all figure, I can't figure that out for, for all of us. Together, we can all figure out how do we sit on the right seat, on the right bus, on the right direction so that we can all feel joyful and happy on a Monday morning. Thank you so much. And I look forward to speaking with you all of you next time. 